0: Welcome back to the Knock Gonna Lie Podcast. I'm John here with my co-host Pat. Pat, the Colts. Colts are back. Somehow, some way. Love that. Uh, huge win for the 15 and 2. Here we go. <laughs> huge win for the Colts. Uh, the Bears scored 30 points again. Um, so we're we're both moving, we're both moving in the right direction. A lot to talk about with uh with with those with our teams. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're recording on Sundays now. We switched it up. We're doing uh a new new time to hopefully get you some initial analysis, make things a little more exciting um for your your Monday morning commute. Um and so we're recording minutes six left to go in the uh Niners Chargers game. Um just to give it a, a little bit of a timestamp there. But let's talk about let's talk about this past Sunday. Uh, yeah first let's leave with the Colts I feel like that's kind of like the main story that's the big one yeah um, of the day not just because you know I'm a Colts fan and we get to talk about you know what we want to on the podcast but
1: it's just a like great story It'll this hold. was a
0: national big deal um
1: let me interrupt you
0: because I, yeah. I
1: want to throw something out there first we recorded last Sunday night we mm-hmm. posted either really late Sunday night or early Monday morning I think by yeah. the time that we started to distribute the pod. Frank Reich had been fired. Mm-hmm. And we talked at length last week about why Frank Reich needs to be fired. Yeah. So score one for the not going to lie pod boys. We got that one right on the head. Yeah. Um, man. I do you, All right. Game situation, fourth and goal. San Francisco's up three. Do they kick it in here? Clock stopped, a minute left.
0: I mean, here's the deal. The uh, the Bills were in a similar situation today where they went it on 4th down and goal instead of kicking it. I think that with the way that the, with the Chargers offense has been in the second half, I think that you try to go for the points and put the game away, and if not, you can yeah. go 98 yards or realistically like 48 yards with no timeouts and a minute on the clock. Like I trust I trust your guys. They have enough skill position guys to to go for it. and 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 it'd be a good move. Um, and obviously, put the game away. put it out of reach.
1: Um, all right. Um, back to the Colts. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Frank Reich being fired. Yeah, at no point would we have assumed last Sunday that Jeff Saturday would be taking over. No, no point, no shot. No one knew that. No one saw that coming. I don't not even Jeff Saturday saw that
0: coming. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, it, th- it's funny because the one time that we moved the podcast to a new time, Hell. some yep. bombshell breaks that would have been perfect for us to talk about, um, but it was almost a blessing in disguise. It gave me a little time to like collect my thoughts on the full matter. And I feel like there were a lot of things that were said throughout the week about, I'm thinking about like Joe Thomas in particular, talking about how, you know, it's like a slap in the face and the most egregious thing he's ever seen of Jeff Saturday immediately rising through the ranks for an interim coaching job on a team that essentially everybody had written off. Nobody said they had a shot. They were tanking. Ellinger was in, like, whatever. So this is not a good look for any coach. Like, no coach would want to take this on. Um, No. But... He took it on. Uh, His press conference was awesome. Just talking about his experience of being in the locker room with some really good, really talented people. Um, And that like preparing him for it. And he's like, listen, at the end of these eight games, if it doesn't work, whatever, but it could be really special. And I know it's one game. I know it's the Raiders, but what I saw from them this this week it was a team that converted on third down it was a team that blocked really well it was a team that didn't make uh, a ton of unforced mistakes and it was a team that played hard and looked like a team um, I mean there's still some issues where it's like the Kiki Kuti fumble when we were up 10-0 and we were driving we're on I think the Raiders 30 you know to, to go up and score there that one is like th- there are always those issues it feels like for the uh for the Colts like they always have those those things but they were able to overcome it um obviously pull out the win but the big story is Matt Ryan is back as a starting quarterback um out of nowhere out of nowhere I mean it was in Saturday's press conference he said Ellinger is our guy we're moving forward with him and then come to find out uh Matt Ryan is taking all the first team snaps, and he's gonna he, he's going to start the game. Um and yet, so I don't know if that's a Jeff Sat-
1: I haven't figured, like I haven't decided whether or not I think that that's a Jeff Saturday trying to be, you know covert in in his decision making and and not jumping into anything but saying one thing and doing the other. Mm-hmm. or if that is a decision that came after talking with the people in the building, talking with your now first-time NFL play caller that's going to be calling plays and did a pretty good job of it today. Yeah. Um, Or if it was a conversation with Matt Ryan that kind of spurred that on. Like, I don't know where that comes from because it just seems weird that he would say, Stan Ellinger's
0: our guy in the introductory presser and then switch that. Well, I think a much... More frustrating thing, and you know what it might go to down give to. you a quick game update. Justin mm-hmm. Herbert just threw a pick down the
1: game. Awesome. So Joshua Palmer did not get the twelve yards necessary
0: to hit your overs crop on, uh, and I'm very sorry that is awesome. forty four for him had some opportunities. It wasn't uh, wasn't all for nothing, but sorry, hop. I really hung you up to dry on that one. Oh, when he was wide open too, makes it work. Wide open, I, I think. He, I think there was a cross up in the route,
1: based <sighs> on how bad of a throw that was. Yeah, um, uh, did he drop it? No, he secured it. That's a good catch.
0: With the uh, with, with the with this whole quarterback switcheroo thing, it brings on an, another interesting point. Of, Ursay said Allinger is going to start the rest of the year um and then two games one game not terrible second game was just god awful looked like he didn't belong on a football field and then they fire the head coach and you bring in a new guy and all of a sudden you say hey you can make whatever coaching quarterback decision you want what like that that to me feels like there was some sort of like hit job out on frank reich of like all right we need an excuse to get him gone I don't think it was Frank Reich's decision to, uh, um, no. to, you know, let Matt bench Matt Ryan and bring Ellinger on. Um, but everything that Frank reason- Reich has
1: done in the past has shown that he supports the guy that he brings in. And yeah. that looks like it's been Carson Wentz and that looks like it's been Matt Ryan. There's no reason for him to have moved on from him after six weeks or seven weeks. So, yeah. it was a little stunning that that happened when it did, but it's almost more stunning that he's back after the coach gets fired.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I definitely think that the two weeks off for him was really good. Get fully healthy, come back. Um, I thought the play calling was fantastic today. They called a lot of um, those drag routes and got the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands quick. Yep. I think he was sacked. I want to say he was sacked once. Which is like, we, you know, we'll take you that. You can't fumble action. it if you only get sacked once. Yep. Exactly. Uh yeah. So let me let me just pull it up here to double check. Yeah. One sack. Um, not a lot of pressures either. Uh Jonathan Taylor's back and it seems like he's fully healthy. This is we, we talked about this. This is an offense that was realistically a good offensive line performance away from being decent. Not great, but decent. And I think that's kind of what we saw today and a taste of like what could be. Now, obviously, the schedule does them absolutely no favors. They yep. go Eagles, Steelers, which we'll take it. Uh, then Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, Giants. Which, say what you want about the Giants, but they've won a lot of football games this season. Seven and two. Yep. Yeah. So it's certainly the gauntlet, but I like the way these guys perform under Jeff Saturday. And sometimes yep. as unfortunate as it is, a voice can get stale in the locker room. And I feel like ultimately that's kind of where the signs were pointing. Um but this is an inspired team it feels like, an inspired locker room, an inspired offensive line, um which seems like almost impossible given what, you know, what we were handed last last Sunday. It's almost like
1: a the voice had grown so stale that the thinking inside of that ownership group or in Jim Irsay's mind is, hell, I could even have Jeff Saturday coach for a yeah. game. And that might still be better than just throwing out Frank Reich in essentially a lame duck position right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, back in the wind column, four and five, four, five, and one.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: not really out of their division either
0: no i mean i haven't been it gets tough yeah i mean yeah we we don't have the tiebreaker but realistically what what is it's kind of hard to to figure that out we're what two and a half no two two games out right now because the titans have had a a a buy and we haven't two games out of the division so essentially three um But yeah, I'm not saying like this is where things shift and this is, you know, a playoff run, but the Colts will play inspired football the rest of the year. What does that look like? I don't know. I think that the talent that everyone was high on at the beginning of the year is there in addition to better receiver play. Like that was the big question. But really, I think Alec Pierce is great. Michael Pittman is great. Paris Campbell, now that he's finally healthy, has looked really good. good production production out of the tight ends it's really going to come down to can they play inspired football week in and week out a win in the first week is good for morale and and to build off of it but you got the eagles next week it's not going to be a team that struggles to get to the quarterback a team that struggles to move the ball like this is they're undefeated for a reason Uh, but um
1: you mentioned the difficulty of indianapolis's upcoming schedule i'll just read you tennessee's throughout the rest of the year At Green Bay, home against the Bengals at Philly, um, home against the Jags at the Chargers, home against the Texans, home against the Cowboys at Jacksonville. So aside from the divisional games they're playing, they have Dallas, they have the Chargers, and they have the Bengals, and they have the Packers, and they have the Eagles. So it's not like they have a cakewalk either. Mm -hmm. so there's definitely some ground that could be made up
0: yeah it's it's a lot of ground to cover it's not impossible I just want to be careful that I'm not like like this Colts team it's very easy to like swing on a pendulum like that's how the season is gone um Mm -hmm. and so I I like they played like I don't want to take away from it by saying like well they can't keep this pace up they played inspired football on Sunday I want to see it next Sunday and that's, that's where we'll leave it. I don't, you know, like it's, it's, it would just be too disappointing to try to ride that momentum of like, okay, if we win four of our six difficult games, who knows where we'll end up. It's, it's going to be a little like too sad. If it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't roll our way. But this Titans team, I'm not overly impressed by. Um, They had a couple of deep balls today uh nick westbrook akine really saved them and obviously playing the broncos is beneficial for any uh nfl organization but yeah we'll leave it at that i don't want it i don't want it to be like a a bad thing uh just looking ahead but it's like this team can and has played inspired football let's see where it goes uh but for your bears another 30 point performance another great performance by justin fields uh, but unfortunately, another loss. I mean, we're approaching like some sort of record territory, right? Like the amount of 30 point games that the Bears have put up, but not been able to win.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the stretch goes back. So their first game scoring over 30 was New England, which they won. And then Dallas, then following week, they lost. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm drawing a blank on
1: Dolphins after that and then Lions today. So not great for the morale department. Mm -hmm. Um, The most disappointing takeaway from this game is that you had a 14-point lead at home against the Lions. You should be able to win that game. Yeah, Draft position, be damned. That's a game that you should not be even remotely close to losing, let alone actually losing um so certainly disappointing in that regard um there are the positive takeaways of justin fields just kind of being the guy mm-hmm. i mean 147 rushing yards following a performance of, I think 178 the week prior um he's the first bears player with consecutive rushing or with consecutive games with over 147 rushing yards in back to back weeks since Walter Payton in 1984. <laughs> uh, and I believe the game, the second game of that back to back was the, uh, or the second game of that stretch was when he beat Jim Brown's all time rushing record at
0: the mm. time. Okay.
1: So kind of a weird stat there for Fields. Um, there are a lot of people who you will see on Twitter say, Justin Fields is a running back. And those people are not watching the game because he has also improved as a passer. His accuracy is getting better. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He had a brutal pick six, um, which isn't great, but he bounced back. And, you know, the second play after that from their offense was his 67 yard touchdown run. Um, The offensive play calling is getting better. It got a little too conservative towards the end of the game and that's what cost them in the end. Um, with a bad defense, that doesn't help. Um, like you, you can't afford to 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 call conservatively when your defense is nothing better than eleven traffic cones just lined up in a in a series of positions. Um, Jalen Johnson was hurt, uh, playing hurt. He hurt his oblique last week, came out of the game, and then was questionable all week in practice. And I'm a little confused as to why he played, considering that when he's healthy, he's a pretty damn good corner. And today he was the closest player on a lot of big Detroit plays. Okay. Um, maybe they thought, and it didn't help that Kendall Vildor was out, so they were thin in the secondary health-wise. Um, it's just disappointing to lose that game because there are certain games that you definitely want to come away victorious in, even when you're you know vying for that draft stock because the people on the field the 53 man roster doesn't give a damn about your draft stock because that that's someone someone's getting replaced and also i don't know more than a third of the current roster won't be here next year yeah that's just kind of the way that it goes in a rebuild yeah you're um,
0: auditioning for your for next year's job
1: yeah um, So definitely some, there were positive takeaways with fields, positive takeaways in certain key players like undrafted free agent, Jack Sanborn as the middle linebacker or weak side linebacker. Um, he had a hell of a game, whatever. If he can, you know, provide you some nice depth in that linebacking group power to him, he's taken over for Roquan and he's not Roquan, but Going to be tough to replace a top five, you know, linebacker in the middle of the of the season when you yeah. trade them. Um, but it, it just it 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 keeps nagging at me that they that they lost this game because it was just a winnable, good for the morale type day that turned around pretty quickly in that fourth quarter, and now the only benefits of it are Justin Fields looked. Really good. Again, you're still confident that you have your guy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, your draft positioning got better, but I would have traded that in for a win. Really, any day.
0: Yeah. Well, and with as as jumbled up as everything is at this point, sure. The difference between the two is minuscule, but also the difference between three and seven and four and six, especially NFC. Like that's you know mess around, go on a run, and sneak in as a seven seed. Sure. Their defense is so
1: bad that I had no expectation for that. But you also don't want to finish the year three and 14 with your first three wins coming in the first half of the year. Yeah. And just have it seem like, well, we never got better at any point during the year. Certainly the offense did. Mm -hmm. I think they said that through the first, up until the New England game, they were averaging 15.7 points per game. And since then they're averaging 31. Yeah. yeah, which is great. I mean, unbelievable. Pinch me. Everything about that being about the Bears. Yeah, but it's just, you know, win a game from time to time. That'd be
0: nice. Well, the Falcons next week, uh, Jets after that, and then I think what's going to be the big one is the Packers, December four. I'm sure it's it's circled on your calendar. I mean, this is going to be like sure. The big, you know, I mean, obviously and we can talk about the Packers game here in a little bit, um, but things are difficult in Green Bay, even after that comeback victory, like things are not fun. And this is the time for, I think you, you tweeted about it. You had a picture of, of um, the banner where it's like Photoshopped and it's like the, pa- at least the Packers are bad too, type of thing. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's the one that you like, I mean, division games. And we did it out this week, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but division games are the ones you want. Didn't get it this week, Um, but obviously, there's looking ahead. But speaking of your division, uh, the Vikings and Bills played in what might be one of the greatest games, at least of the last decade. Like bare sure. minimum, uh, just regular un- season for sure. Yeah. yeah, just an unreal catch from Justin Jefferson. We were talking about it. I mean, it's like top five, top three all time catch by itself but considering the circumstances fourth and 16 or whatever it was crazy yeah Um, but we're stuck on the same loop it seems with these bills of just undisciplined like simple silly little mistakes um a couple of we're not even
1: talking specifically penalties we're talking I mean, Josh Allen cannot stop throwing picks in the red zone right now. Yeah. He is addicted to it, and it's a problem because that red zone offense is kind of what should be their bread and butter, considering mm-hmm. the talent that they have on it. And that's what happens when you don't have, I guess, a solid running back foundation.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, is cool, but. Yeah, it yeah. feels like they're getting enough production out of their guys to get by, right? like it's not insane like let me see if I can find it yeah they got yeah they for red they zone have.
1: production is a different story I think
0: yeah no no definitely I get you and I, I think that part of it is they really don't have a bruise or a finish we've talked about this I think they don't really have a, a finisher type of guy we talked about it when you know we discussed like would Christian McCaffrey work for them well they go out and they get Naheem Hines um, who's not that guy either? They need a, a a guy who can get you three yards, and it feels like um, Devin Singletary and James Cook, at least as of right now, aren't those guys. Um, but yeah, tough day for Josh Allen. This was a game that they should have won, and I I don't think, may I mean, not a doctor, but it seemed really like won. if if they were rolling him out, that he was good. It seems silly to force him out there in a game where, um, albeit very important, not as important as having your guy in the postseason type of deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there were only a few moments where it really kind of shined through that he might not be feeling great. Mm -hmm. Um, You sometimes hear injuries categorized as, well, it can't get any worse or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's the case with this, if he just yeah. kind of has to manage the pain at this point, mm. or if he can actually damage his elbow further. Um, but regardless, it's certainly concerning if you're a bills fan also. like it, it just, I feel like the bills are turning into the Seahawks of the last seven years of like that tweet of the Seahawks have never played in a normal game. Yeah, the Bills have just not played in a normal game this year. Yeah. Whether it was nice. Miami kicking, you know, punting from their own end zone off of their own blocker's ass <laughs> and out of the back of the end zone and then still losing or if it was like today's game fumbling on the one yard line after a huge defensive stand after the Bills tweeted out ball game. Just They did. You know, Wait. The,
0: oh, yes, cuz they they got that stop, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah it was just, I mean, Listen, it's weird too because this Vikings team, like you have to give them credit. They played a really good game, got key stops in spite of how bad Kirk Cousins was. Um yeah. I think one of his interceptions was they were down 24 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and he just straight up threw it to yeah. the who whoever it was, the second Peterson. Yeah. yeah. He just threw threw it straight to him. Like yeah, it was horribly
1: underthrown, I think, to Gabe Davis. And it just like he, I don't know what he saw
0: in the moment. Oh, no, I'm talking about the Kirk Cousins one. I'm talking about his pick. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no, he just. Josh Allen also had a pick where he threw it right to Patrick Peterson. So, yeah, it it seemed like, yeah, I guess that was just the, the theme of the day. But I don't know. Vikings are eight and one. Their only loss is a Monday night loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, which doesn't even count considering it's Kirk Cousins. Um <laughs> Get to count at least for a half of something, but they're eight and one, and I mean they're they're they've played in some good games. They haven't looked dominant, but they've done just enough that it's. I don't really know. Yeah, where I mean to you land. can't
1: you can't possibly say that eight and one is not legit. Yeah, you can say that four and one isn't legit, but eight mm-hmm. and one. You are now into the second half of the season by playing yeah. today. That is as legit as it gets.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're. they're the definition the twenty. This
1: year. I'm trying to remember what year 2011, 2012 Bears started seven and one. Finished the year ten and six. Did not make the playoffs. Jay Cutler broke his thumb. Jason Campbell came in. Jason's brutal. Nice, nice. I I don't want to think about that anymore.
0: I yeah I I don't know. What this means long term for the Vikings, but they're playing really good football now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But like, that's a big that's a, this is a big deal for them. This is a big win for them. Um, and if and history we,
1: repeats itself, Josh Allen's going to get a really good receiver in Justin Jefferson in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, that and and that was I think I saw them talking about it on Twitter. That was the trade. That was the draft pick that they traded. Yeah, yeah, which it is, was which Is pretty cool. I mean, it it was, it, it's worked out so. Far. I mean, obviously, Diggs is
1: working, yeah, Diggs is working great for Buffalo,
0: but yeah, yeah. All right, let's keep it moving along here. Um, the one game that I did want to talk about too outside of the um, the Chargers Niners game, which we can recap here in a little bit, Saints Steelers, obviously, two bad teams, um, but there was an article that was released um, that Jameis Winston was interviewed. And essentially there's a lot of things that are going on in new Orleans that don't really shine positively for Dennis Allen. Uh, One of the big things was that Jameis was told that if he took time off for injury, that he wouldn't be benched because of it, um, which turned out to be a lie. Um, There's just a lot of things that like, not necessarily tension, but there's just, it seems like in the whole Saints organization, going with Dennis and Allen was not the right call. I know that it was kind of later on in the, I believe, in the whole process, but. Um, really wasn't though. I mean, yeah. they still had
1: a chance at other, at other coaches. Because I, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah there, there were other guys, guys that at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, Michael Thomas was tweeting about, there was some injury i think that some team dealt with i think it was josh allen where like they basically confirmed that there wasn't going to be any more additional damage if he did go and michael thomas quote tweeted and was like that's how it should be um obviously taking a shot at somebody in the in the saints organization Um, yeah the saints are a mess and they don't have their first round pick because they traded away to get chris Olave. yeah I mean, I don't know. It's Andy Dalton's obviously not the guy. We know that. They didn't really give Jameis enough of an opportunity after getting injured to keep it going. I mean, I just really wanted to point out for that reason, but this Saints team might be in the worst position out of all the 32 NFL teams moving forward because they're always in cap space hell. Add on to the fact that they don't have their first round pick. Add on to the fact that it seems like the, the core of their team is past their prime or you know, right on the tail end of it. It's not like you can just scrap it and move over because the salary cap hits, they they kept pushing the, the goal line back on, on dealing with these salary cap issues. They just convert it to roster bonus. The trouble with yeah. converting it to roster bonus is you can't cut the guy. If you cut the guy, that's a huge cap hit. And so now they're stuck with these massive contracts with no real plan or vision for the future. And they're wasting away the guys that are talented that they have in the organization right now. Like this is, this is bad. And I maybe props to Sean Payton, but also like kind of a, a weak move by Sean Payton leaving, because I think maybe now we see that maybe the writing was on the wall with this team and we see what he saw. And he's saying I'd rather get out of this than have to deal with with it. Similar to what Sean McVay, it's leaked that he's doing of that when that core is gone, that he's gonna retire. And it's like, okay, great. So we're paying a bunch of these guys a bunch of money and we're losing them. We're gonna suck. And then you're gonna leave. Cool. Yeah, it certainly puts
1: everybody in that situation in a tough situation. Because they don't know when the end of that reign is. Because the Rams are underperforming now. Does that mean at the end of the year he's going to bolt town? Yeah. Or or what? Because I mean there were genuinely rumors that he would step away after winning
0: this past mm-hmm. year. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, pulled pulled the new age John Madden, which, you know, worked out very well for John Madden, certainly. in in that his coaching legacy is intact because he left it and I feel like if you ask a lot of people most won't know that he retired at what the age 39 mm. and they jumped right into broadcasting and 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 you know left off with that career and mcveigh will absolutely have the opportunity to kind of do that when he retires so yeah certainly a, a, a puts everybody else in a tough situation so i don't know
0: um yeah uh, both teams not in good spots um no but It'll be interesting to monitor what the, I mean, both teams do to navigate their cap situation because it seems like for a while now, both of them have just been throwing money. And it's like, how do you have enough money to like go out and sign Tyron Math? You sign Bobby Wagner like that shouldn't be possible. Um, and I think it's all coming back to Biden. Uh, really quick for the Sunday night game Cowboys, Packers. Uh, fourteen point comeback for Aaron Rodgers. They looked dead. He was th- he threw the ball twelve times. He had a Justin Fields type game, if you will, for about yeah. three quarters. Um, I mean, I the, this the pocket, minus
1: one hundred and fifty rushing yards, but yeah, I'm yeah, of Justin course. Fields. Though. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, close enough. Uh, I think the story of the game, part of what's going to come out of it, and I, I hate this, is that it's going to be talking about how good the Cowboys were under Cooper Rush. And I just want to get out in front of it and say, yeah, Dak made some mistakes for sure. They scored 28 points. Yeah. Cooper Rush couldn't sniff 28 points. Again, no disrespect. The Cowboys
1: have one of the best defenses in football, and they were playing one of the worst offenses in football, and they looked significantly underprepared for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a team that last week, put up nine on the lions. Yeah. And they absolutely ran the ball down the Cowboys throat all day, 200 total yards, five yards of carry. AJ Dillon had 65, Aaron Jones had one thirty-eight. Um, I mean, it's, it's frustrating for sure, but you look back at the Cooper rush games, the defense was holding teams to under 20 points. The defense was forcing turnovers to put them in key situations. Not giving up double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, this is a tough loss for the Cowboys, especially given that now your best shot is realistically, you know, the wild card. Now, like, yeah. there's not a lot of teams that that's the, that are six and three that that's the best they can hope for. But unless Taylor Heineke pulls out some magic, they're going to be three games down um, and a game down already on the eagles i mean the packers are four and six now christian watson had an insane game um four and six in the nfc is you're not out by any means what do you what do you think what do you make of it like is this legitimately like can can the the right now the packers are the nine seed they No, are... because i
1: think that the vikings are playing well and i don't think the packers really figured things out mm-hmm. i mean we'll we'll know it Packers do get the benefit of playing. I, th- I think they've only played the Lions once. Yeah. Um, And they've only played the Bears once. And those should be wins if they want to get back in that conversation. But they still struggled against Detroit, and that was still only a week ago. Yeah. And Christian Watson, for the exceptional game that he had today, has still struggled to catch the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. There, he could have had a he could have had a fourth touchdown. I think I think that was him. Yeah, where it's like he just yeah. wasn't looking for the ball and he saw it like yeah. a quarter of the way down. So they, you know,
1: the way that they played today, I don't think is a sustain or is a sustainable like game plan for them. Yeah, it, it was almost like they caught Dallas off guard. It was very it was it was super bizarre, and it was almost Mike McCarthy in his own bag at the end and just backfiring on him yeah um and also would we be talking we would probably be talking about oh it was impressive that they came back but dallas had that missed uh pass interference right Mm. at the end of the game yeah and that pass interference puts them in field goal range to win that game yep um and instead It's fourth, or, you know, they go for it on that fourth and three, they turn it over. I I guess that was in overtime. I I think that was the first possession of overtime. Yeah, yeah, overtime. Yeah, I'm Um, with you, though. But still, keeps that drive going. At the bare minimum, you're in field goal range. Um, They were in field goal range, arguably, when they went for it. They were on the 35. Yeah. Um, And it was that third down play that um, CeeDee Lamb got just manhandled by Jair Alexander and they did not call that that is a drastic change from really what we saw this week where there were just phantom penalties being called all around the league and then in this game they just completely missed that it's mind-boggling um yeah i mean i'm disgusted talking this much about the packers but i i don't think that they have what it takes to to really put things together i mean this is impressive and maybe it's a big boost of morale. And I, I think Matt LaFleur is a very good head coach, but I also just don't think they're a very well-built football team right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, that's the kind of thing that you can use and, and generate momentum, but it's just like, what, what do you make of that? Like, what, what do you do moving forward to capitalize off that um, yeah. remains to be seen. It, it'd be interesting. Sunday night, Niners, Chargers. Uh, this was Wait, a game before, that...
1: before we get to Sunday night. Yes. I do just want to touch on. So we've already mentioned a lot of these upcoming opponents, but here's how the Packers schedule shakes up. Home against the Titans next week. That's Thursday night football. We'll kind of talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then at the Eagles, Sunday night football. Wow, uh, that is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, home or at uh, in Chicago against the Bears. Home against the Rams. In Miami. Home against the Vikings. Home against the Lions. So they get the benefit of playing at home a bunch. Um, but it's a tough stretch. I mean, the Vikings are better. The Dolphins are better. Yeah. The Rams should be better. Um. I'm not going to say that the Bears are better. Don't worry. Don't you worry. Not one bit. Yeah, um, that's all right. That's all right. But, you know, Titans are better. They're six and three. I think that they're better.
0: Yeah.
1: They're not favored, but I think that they're better. Mm. And then the Eagles absolutely are better. So they're they're going to be playing as underdogs in a good portion, I think, of the schedule left. Do they get it because of the home bump? Maybe, but it's going to be tough for them to win more than seven games, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's schedule is a big thing. And for a lot of these teams, it's too little too late. Um, And I think you're right. I think it might be for the Packers at this point, unless they go on a magical run, but not going to happen. No way. Uh,
1: Total fabrication
0: yeah right Chargers niners sunday night football yeah it felt like for a bit that no one really wanted to win this game Mm -hmm. that was like the thing that i was gathering it was drive march down the field by the chargers super impressive drive and then crickets from them the rest of the game um niners couldn't really get a lot going offensively until they put in elijah mitchell which is interesting um because you go out and you trade a lot of capital for a guy in Christian McCaffrey, who, let me just double check. This was, ac- was actually out by Elijah Mitchell, 19, 19 to 18. So it's close split backfield, whatever you want to say. So,
1: but Elijah Mitchell getting 18 or excuse me, 19 touches is yeah. I think far more than anyone really expected coming
0: off of IR. And maybe the more surprising thing to that is he almost doubled CMC's yards per carry Elijah Mitchell had 18 for 89 McCaffrey had 14 for 38 now obviously you have McCaffrey in the in the pass catching game and there's you know that uh like the whole aspect of it but I don't know what what kind of role does Elijah Mitchell have fully in the offense because you have to think that you know he wasn't uh he wasn't 100% first game back off IR. But is this? I mean, mean it,
1: it's very 49ers for this to be the conundrum that they're in now. I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is your guy. Yeah. And with the capital that you have given up for him, you cannot just turn your back on him because he was still productive.
0: Yeah. They just no, weren't definitely. moving
1: as well. Um, But you'll definitely see him. You'll see Mitchell featured a ton, uh, barring injury or setback. And it's good because McCaffrey doesn't exactly have the greatest injury past, hmm. so they've really bolstered that backfield with him being healthy. They traded away Jeff uh, Wilson. Who did they acquire? They got um,
0: I think it was a fifth fifth rounder,
1: something like that. No, who did, they got a different running back? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. Miami traded Chase Edmond and then got yeah Jeff yeah. Wilson. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, it's but it's it's just very San Francisco to just be like, well, we just have a plethora of running backs that we can just shove into any situation and provide us the spark that we need. And that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean this is I, I think that this really unlocks an opportunity that Kyle Shanahan probably envisioned when they moved for Christian McCaffrey of you yeah. legitimately have so many weapons scattered across the field now. If you toss back in Elijah Mitchell, uh, I mean, Brandon Ayuk had a great game. We know what Debo can do. George Kittle's is one of the best tight ends in football. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in football. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is running the ball very effectively. Like who teams are going to have to start picking and choosing who they're going to stop. Like you can't contain everybody at this point. Um, and yeah. I think that although this game wasn't super... Impressive offensively in terms of you know points on the board. I think that that come, that will come. And this is a team now at five and four, who's still hitting their stride, and we haven't seen a full potential yet. Um, no. In a very winnable NFC West at this point, they're half game back on the on the Seahawks, but this is an NFC West they can win, get a home game, and then once you get once you get the Niners into January. They just love to run the ball down your throat and they can do that in so many creative ways. Now I'm, yep. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I feel like to see what, uh, what they do on the flip side though, the chargers this is another game where you just kind of, we're still hoping to see more from them.
1: Yeah. I mean, the run defense is bad. They have the horses in really every phase. Um, Obviously, their receiving core is dinged up without mm-hmm. Mike Williams and without Keenan Allen. Um, but I just don't think that Brandon Staley's that good of a head coach. Agreed. Um, certainly not the worst in that division. He's probably still the second best, but I mean not that's not really saying much. Really saying much. much. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, it's it's Andy Reid, and then it's everybody else by a wide margin at this point. Um. When I think going into this year, there were a lot of Andy Reid doubters for good reason. Um, But everybody else has just made so many questionable errors throughout the year that you can't possibly say that anybody holds a candle to them right now.
0: Well, it's crazy because this was a division that we were like, wow, this is going to be the best in football. Everybody's really good. And now we've seen, you know, outside of obviously the Chiefs these past couple of weeks, everybody be incredibly overwhelming through this, this early part of the season. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen hurts, but it's not, it doesn't mean you get this, this kind of performance. Um, And maybe, you know, maybe it's time for people to adjust their expectations of Justin Herbert. Cause I think we saw flashes of what he could be. um, But we saw it at Oregon too. When he's not in the right scheme, when he's not playing to his strengths, he can kind of disappear. He can kind of be a bit of an afterthought. And that's another thing that happened tonight. And it seems like it's happening night in, night out. And it's for sure frustrating to watch because we know the talent is there. Picks? Yes, yes. Um, Well, let's just, let's do a little, uh, let's do do it. Let's do a quick. One minute on the commanders eagles game. Some yeah. people might be listening to this after Monday, so let's put it this way we are going to pre- be predicting Tuesday morning's headline tonight. So, after the game, we're going to be predicting um, what people are going to be talking about tomorrow, uh, the day after. Um, and I think that as good as Heineke's been um, and as fun as he makes games. um, I still think that I I still think they could cover 11 points is a lot, but I think what's going to happen is Tuesday morning, hot topic is going to be Jalen hurts MVP. I think he's going to have a great game. I think that now that they're nine and oh, you're going to turn on, get up in the morning and they're going to say, why are more people not talking about Jalen hurts for MVP? Um, Which makes sense, but I think that this is the game where, you know, 75 yards on the ground, 200 in the air, a couple of touchdowns. But it's like now that they're nine to know, they're saying, okay, Jalen Hurts needs to be in this conversation.
1: I think we might be talking about AJ Brown entering that tier one of wide receivers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, Your Stefan digs, your. Justin Jeffersons of wide receivers that make the team go round, kind of a thing mm-hmm. that, that keep the wheels turning and keep everything moving in the right direction of this quarterback or this wide receiver has such a good connection with his quarterback that regardless of the situation, he's always going to be there kind of for you. Um, name another really. Um, yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill, and Dua, and they've only been playing for a few games. That's actually a more comparable situation of they've only been playing for a few games, but he's such a safety valve. Um, and I also think that we're going to be asking ourselves what happened to Devonta Smith, because mm. he has disappeared. Um, he's certainly there and he certainly gets a few targets, but he's not getting the splash plays. Um, and certainly you're not going to get that by playing, you know, he's not playing college secondaries anymore as just an insane talent at Alabama but I feel like AJ Brown should be taking a lot of that pressure off of him and it still feels like he's being used a bit but just not being used enough
0: one bonus one I think just for fun and maybe this is um like wishful thinking but the way Heineke's had this offense moving there's a they, they've looked pretty good um, and so I think another talking point, and maybe it's just a talking point, but I think what people will be saying is, does Heineke keep the starting job once Carson Wentz is healthy? There have been rumblings of it, but I think that we see another good game from him, good enough. And you're saying, maybe we, maybe we rock with him the rest of the year. Good. Our picks for the week, Thursday night football, Titans, Packers. Packers are favored by two and a half. The over/under is set at 41. Uh, I watched Tony Pollard dominate against the Packers, get wherever he wanted to, and now we see a November Derrick Henry coming to town. And this just feels like the game, another game where he goes for 200. Um, I don't think the Packers can stop him. As much as I'd like a loss for the Titans, I just don't see it happening. Um, but we'll play it safe, and I'm I'm going to take them plus two and a half, not money line, but plus two and a half Titans. All right,
1: um, I don't, don't mind that because I I'm not sure if you just said it or if I read this somewhere else that they've covered with seven and seven in a row right now. Oh wow, oh no. yeah, they've got the longest cover streak. Um, however, I'm not going with that because I just, just I hate the Packers so much that it scares me. Um, but I think that that total is pretty low for what Derrick Henry can do to that rush defense and for yeah. what Aaron Rodgers, if he's fixed it um can do to that Titans defense and so I'm taking the over 41
0: I like it I, I mean that's do that's that's gettable it's a very yeah. gettable number um all right looking at the rest of this week though or should I say next next week's slate um the strategy didn't work as well as I had hoped it would um I went one and two so I'm just <laughs> stuck there <laughs> So, you know, and one. Here's, here's a new strategy. I'm just going to pick the things, um, and this goes against my, my Titans plus two and a half pick, but these picks during the week, I'm going to pick what I want to have happen. So I'm going to take the Colts plus nine and a half at the Eagles, um, or I guess it's in Indianapolis, but I think they're playing inspired football. I think that that can carry over, and I think that they can keep it within 10 on the Eagles. That's all you're asking. Keep it within 10. I think they can do that it. Love it.
1: Um, Jeff,
0: Jeff Saturday.
1: Yeah, Jeff Sunday. Jeff Sunday. What's that to love? Um, there's Falcons. I don't remember what the total on this game is. It's like 48 and a half. It's 40, ridiculous. Yeah, 49. 49. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 49. Okay. I think it opened at 48. Um, Atlanta's just a better team there are weeks where they don't play like it Little Ryan Pace revenge game. Mm. Um, the bears are going to kind of come out swinging. And I think that they certainly have a shot to win this. And I'm pumped to see this team in a dome without the elements, nothing bothering them, just straight ahead football. Um But if you have Cordell Patterson or Tyler Algier in your fantasy lineup, keep them there because this is going to be run wild on the Bears weekend. Um, I'm taking Atlanta minus three. I think that's pretty generous right now. Um, The Bears always keep it close. um, And the over seems to hit a lot. Um, If the over doesn't hit, it's because the Bears won. So if I'm taking Atlanta minus three, I should probably take the over. But I am sticking with Atlanta minus three.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. We, 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 I went with my team. You went against your team. So we've, we've got a, I mean, but it's the Falcons. I'm with you. Like you, you got to take those guys to cover. Except for last week, apparently, because they decided not to. Um, Rams and Saints. Two teams we were just talking about who are, In absolute shambles. The total is 39, which feels really low for both of these teams. I mean, this is like, yeah, 30, 39. I like I just can't get away from it. I know it's like sucking me in and it's going to be like a 13 to 10 football game, but I'm taking me over 39 because there are weeks where both of these teams could get that. Point total almost by themselves. Doubt they're going to get it, but 39 is just so little. And I'm suckered into it, but I'm taking it over 39.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um,
1: on the flip side, not on the flip side, totally wrong thing to say because this has nothing to do with that game. Um, Buffalo-Cleveland. Okay. Josh Allen bounce back game. Their favorite eight and a half, Cleveland, is so god-awful. And I feel like this is a game where after Joe Woods, after everyone's like, fire Joe Woods, then you see Joe Woods celebrating on the sideline as the clock ticks down to zero, because what a miraculous performance. The Browns are in such a weird spot where everybody should be fired, and yet the fans are blaming all of the players first. It's super weird. Like, people have turned on Miles Garrett, which is bananas to me right now <laughs> the worst guy to try. um yeah you will have a face full of helmet yeah soon. i was gonna say literally and um, figuratively or he will flip your car um <laughs> he's just as good as flipping out as he is at flipping cars um buffalo mine is eight and a half to get to the point eventually they need it more than anything else, and I feel like when they win, they win big. When they lose, they lose close. That's what we've learned. Yeah. I feel like one of their closest wins in recent memory is that game against the Packers a couple of weeks ago, when they only—it wasn't close until they let Green Bay in late. Yeah, you worry about that backdoor cover at a with a spread of eight and a half, but I think that they're so superior to the Bill or to the Browns that this is Cleveland or this is oh, I keep. Saying it again, Freudian slip. Do I really think the Browns are going to win? Oh, no. Um, no, this is this is Bills through and through minus eight is enough.
0: All right. Those are the picks. And that's a good stepping off point for us. I think that'll do it for us this week. Yeah. Uh, second half, second half of the season. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But as always, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week.